Last week we are we were going through a difficult time and we hit the pause button for a moment just to help to minister hopefully to people. And guess what? Here we are this week still going through an even greater difficulty. For those who may not have understood all this happened, we've had in the last six months three members of one family to pass away, two of those in the last two weeks. And so that's a lot. And those of us who've known this family, work with this family, minister alongside this family, it's been a, been a pretty tough go. And so the question is, how do we meet today and not just do business as usual? You know, like, this is, you know, we, we, we've got this series going, so we've got to stay in this series. And so as we talked this week, and we said, well, let's, let's just pause just, just at least for a minute and see what the Holy Spirit is leading us to do and where He wants us to be. And the word that came through different discussion was forward. Obviously, it, it, you know, when you think about it, it seems so obvious. We, we're to go forward. But the question is, how do we do that? So this week, I overheard a conversation between a father and a daughter, and they were working on a problem she was having in her life, and he was being the father trying to give good advice, and I thought he was doing a really good job. And he said, why don't we do this? He said, why don't we go to the end and work backwards and see if we can figure out what you need to do? And so that's what I want us to do right now, if you will. Turn your Bibles or your devices, however you want to do it. And we're actually going back to one of our parables that we've already talked about in Matthew chapter 25. Because in that parable, there's the master who places wealth in the hands of his servants. Two of them handle it very well, and one of them doesn't. But there's a phrase I want to capture. We actually captured it, I think Bill did, in one of the services we did for one of, the, one of our family members the, of the Lindsay family. In verse 21, when the servant has done well, the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a little few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many. Enter into the joy of your master. Now, it really is helpful. And again, I'm not going to do that whole parable. That's not the point today. But it's helpful to know the context. And sometimes to get the meaning, we have to dig a little deeper or at least take some time to to, uh, unpack it. When it says good and faithful servant, there are several things that it doesn't say, and sadly, it can be that we can feel that way. That, for example, does it say good and successful servant? No, it doesn't. Good and faithful. Does it say good and perfect servant? Doesn't say that either. It says good and faithful servant. So, that being where we're starting, the question I have for us today is, how do we get there? Well, one of the things that I have learned many, many years ago, that you become what you focus on. 
So again, turn your Bibles, your devices to Hebrews chapter 12 this time. And beginning in verse 1. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance, our sin, which has easily entangled us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, and here's the key, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And you guys have heard me tell this story growing up on the farm in Ohio and working for one of my neighbors, the Flores, and they were just wonderful, great, they were wonderful people, Mennonites, they were just salt-of-the-earth people. And Mr. Flory was a very elderly gentleman, and so when I would be out getting ready to plow, Mr. Flory would come out, and he would somehow, still didn't figure out how he did it because his eyesight was so limited, but he would say, now, Steve, what I want you to do, he said, you see that bag on that fence? And we had some very long fields. That's your mark. If you'll keep your eye on that bag, when you cut this first pharaoh, you'll keep a straight pharaoh. And, and I know it sounds crazy, but they had to be straight. You know, you couldn't have crooked. You're still plowing the land, but it had to be straight. And so when I think of this scripture fixing my eyes on Jesus, then that means I'm going to have my attention, my focus on Him. And that means that every day, whatever my day is, whatever my day is like, I'm going I'm to lift my eyes to Him. I want to focus on Him. I want to see Him. And that's my admonition to all of us. Has this been difficult for this family and for our friends and uh, us as a church family? Yes, it has. Walking through this time. Are we minimizing the emotions, the loss, the grief, the pain that comes with all that? We are not. We're simply saying, as we go forward, let's at least take the time, put in the energy and the effort to focus on Jesus Christ. Because I cannot answer for anyone in this room except for myself. I can't answer for my wife or my children or grandchildren. I can only answer for me. And I, I want to finish well. I've been on this journey for a while. Still got a ways to go. And I want to finish well. I want to, I want to hear Jesus Christ, who in obedience to his Father died on Calvary to take care of my sin, I want to hear him say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. Success is measured differently, so it's not that. Perfection, everybody has their own criteria. But just be faithful to him. Have I messed up? <laughs> Have I made crooked turns in the plowing of the pharaoh. Pharaoh, pharaoh, get it right in a minute. I have. Do I regret that? I do. So how do I handle that? I confess, I repent, and I go on. I want, I want to hear those precious words of Jesus on that day that I leave this physical life and step into his presence for all of eternity. 
I would hope, and I truly believe that at least the majority of us here would feel that same way. But yet here we are still having to deal with all this going on, all this happening, and all this happened uh, for this family and for us as a church family. But looking to Jesus, looking to Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. And if you'll notice in the rest of verse 2 there in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, And he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He was going to the place that God had prepared for him, all that God had done, and all that he had to walk through to get there. And it wasn't a life of ease. It could have been, but he chose not to in obedience to the Father. Our life may not be a life of ease. It may be a life of difficulty. It may be a life of loss. It may be a life, a life of trial. And isn't it amazing how God in his amazing work of grace in all of our lives enables us, at least I believe he does, he gives us what we need to live the life he has called us to live, whatever that life may be. So forward. How do we go forward? Fixing your eyes on him. Realizing there is an eternity that what we have here is just a short time. Bill Lindsay would have been 80 years old in November. For some, that's a long life. But in comparison to eternity, that's a very short time. So going back to the Old Testament, in Ecclesiastes... Mark used this scripture, some of the scripture at the gravesite. We did Bill service Friday. There is an appointed time for everything. Do you get that? Here, the question for us is, do we truly believe that our God is God? Do we, do we know that our God is God? And, and see, when we say that, hopefully if we say it well, we'll realize, wait a minute, that means I'm not I'm not. He is. And there are things that God is doing that we may never understand this side of eternity, but we have the faith to know and believe that what he is doing is what's supposed to be done. There's a time for every event under heaven. God has a plan. God has a purpose. Please, I just pray that each of you today would say, you know, God, I'm so grateful. I am so, so grateful you have a plan and a purpose for my life. Because we've watched this happen just in our small church fellowship where people have been very, very sick at death's door, as it were, and yet they would be healed. We've had others where seemingly all of a sudden, without a huge amount of medical issues, they would leave this life and be in the presence of Christ. So there's an appointed time because our God is God. Can we, can we as a people just say, God, again, I'm so grateful you're God and I'm not. Because we tend to, I guess we tend to make it about us, don't we? We don't mean to. I don't think anybody does. I mean, I understand, sadly, we're living in a more narcissistic world than anything I've seen in my lifetime. But even still, when I'm talking about church people, those of us who know Christ, who are in Christ, how he is working in our lives to do amazing 
amazing works of grace that will honor him. There's a time to give birth and a time to die. Is that not, as we had this service particularly for Bill, Bill Lindsay, and there's his grandbabies. Another one on the way. We, I think we can really come and say, God, you know, I am just overwhelmingly grateful that you've got this. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. In other words, you, you plant your garden, you get all the produce, and then you, you rip up the stuff that's left at the end of the season so that you can do it again next year. A time to kill and a time to heal. That's not a very popular one. I'm not asking you to take that up. <laughs> but we do understand that in this particular setting of the Old Testament, there were those battles that God had his people in, and they had to do battle. But at the same time, the same God would come back and heal people and do amazing things, a time to tear down and a time to build up. Now, that one might take a little bit of thought because the point of that is there may be some things in my life and your life that need to be torn down. that should not have been there anyway. Whatever that might be, but there's a, God doesn't stop there. He builds it up. It's amazing what he does. A time to weep and a time to laugh. Boy, that's been true, has it not? We were at the house the other day, and we're recounting some of the stories of things that happened in our families and in our church family, and particularly at camp. And we'd be crying one minute and laughing the next. A time to mourn, time to dance. You know, you, you can't sit around and just be so consumed by grief. Yes, it's real, and it needs to be handled, but don't let it consume you. And so the writer here. And by the way, there's no solid proof that Solomon is the writer. It's the suspect. But remember, Solomon was the wisest man that there was. And so he's looking at life, and some of his comments on life are very raw. But there's a time to dance. There was a uh, wedding here yesterday. And those folks after the wedding were in the social hall for reception. I had to leave early. But I understand they danced. Because it was a celebration of this couple being united in marriage. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. <laughs> Again, okay, just looking up. <laughs> Keep it in the context of what God is doing in our lives today. I'm grateful that David knew the time to throw a stone at Goliath. One of my favorite stories in the scripture. But as the wars would end, they would take the time because they were farmers, having to be soldiers at times, but because they were farmers, they would go out and collect the stones. And guess what they did? They would take the stones to put around their vineyards and around their gardens to show the um, ownership, as it were. A time to embrace and a time to shun embracing. Sometimes, and this is so huge, so huge when people lose a loved one. Please go, show your concern, express that you're willing to do whatever. The other day we were at the house, and, and I'm going to keep referring to this, so just bear with me on it. But 
there were things that need to be done, physical things that need to be done. And guess what one of the things was? Take off the trash. And one of our guys was there. There's my truck. Put the trash in the back. There's a time to embrace. Time to shun embracing. What does that mean? That means that maybe sometimes that a little bit of space might be helpful, but that one's, that one's a little tenuous, so we'll kind of leave that one for now. This is not, this is not to be the all-in-all explained sermon. This, this is us as a church family saying, okay, here's the time, here's what we're in, here's what we're going through, how do we go forward and not just say, oh, well, what's next? Because I can tend to do that. And I have to be careful. That's why these guys, Bill and others, who say, well, can we not take a little time and let's think about this? A time to search and a time to give up is lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. My wife and I are looking at this now because we're saying, okay, what is it that we need to keep? And what is it that we need to get rid of? We've already explained to our kids that when we die, in our will, there will be the money for a dumpster to be put in the front yard. Because <laughs> a lot of stuff we have that we really treasure isn't that to them. And that's okay. Just there's a time to keep it and a time to throw it away. Don't be a hoarder. A time to tear apart and a time to sew together. A time to be silent and a time to speak. And that was somebody... Actually, he said to me the other day uh, with his family that as we were going through the, brief, the bereavement process, they said, I don't know what to say. What, what should I do? So I'm going to quiz all of us. When there is a loss of someone and you're wanting to minister to the family and you don't know what to say, what do you do? What do you do? Thank you. You show up. You just go. Now, it may be that when you do that, the Holy Spirit will give you something to say that will be ministry to the, to the family, but your presence in love is ministry to the family. I promise you it is. A time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, a time for peace. Again, understand the context. Always keep it in that. We're going to get to that in a minute. For what profit is there to the worker from that which he toils? I've seen the task which God has given the sons of men with which to occupy themselves. He has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also, please get this, underscore this, he has also set eternity in their hearts. That's back to well done, good and faithful servant. That's God putting in all of us eternity. We know that we're going to exist for eternity. Not this physical body, but my spirit and my soul that God created and came from God and goes back to God. It's going to be somewhere for all of eternity. And we somehow know that. We may not know all the particulars. We may not know all the details, but we know there's something beyond just this life. And so that man will not find out the work which God has done from the beginning even to the end. I know that there's nothing better than to rejoice 
and do good in one's lifetime. Moreover, that every man would eat and drink and see good in all these labors because it's a gift of God. The fact that you and I can work with our hands, with our minds, whatever the calling that God has for us, whatever vocation God has for us, it's a gift of God. Never, never think, never assume, oh, I'm just so smart or I'm so talented. Hey, all that comes from God. It really does. I know that everything God does will remain forever. There is nothing to add to it, nothing to take away from it, for God has so worked that men should fear Him. Remember the little adage we gave you some time back? If you fear God, you will fear nothing. If you don't fear God, you will fear everything. Let's let that resonate. If you fear God, you will fear nothing. If you do not fear God, you will fear everything. Solomon did have some wisdom. That which, if this is in fact Solomon, that which has been already and that which has already been for God seeks what has passed away. God is just so intricately involved in all of our lives and all the details. And, and all, of, all we're saying today is press into Him, keep your focus on Him. We want to move forward as His design and desire is for us. And so here is the, here's the plan, if you want to see it. Jesus tells His disciples, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. That doesn't mean we just let sin go by, we never minister to people, never help people, never see them um, confess and repent and be healed and delivered. But there is such a love of God in this place. In fact, he says, and by this, men will know that you're my disciples. That's how they know we're his disciples. If we don't love each other, they don't know if you have love one for another. Now, again, let's get down to how do we do this? We keep our focus on him. We keep our eyes on him. We're still moving forward in all that he has for us. And some of the things for us to realize is that we are to discover God's presence and his purpose in our tomorrow. I'd love to tell you that I came up with that, but I didn't. That's Dr. David Jeremiah. Another quote from his book, Our future is always unfolding at the speed of grace. Is that not cool? So here we are as a body of believers who've gone through, again, if, if you're just kind of new coming into our church family, we understand this is going to be a little different maybe for us to understand and for you to understand. And so please, we're not minimizing that. We just want to know, we want everybody to know as we walk through this, everybody's handling this differently. And, and there has been a heaviness. Even my granddaughter, when she was here yesterday, she said, there's a, there's a heaviness in our church. And, and that's true. And we don't say, well, you know, just get on with life. No, it's we press into God. We see what He is doing in us and what He wants to do through us. And as we do that, we celebrate all the joys of the past, all those wonderful memories that can be so amazing. And we let go of the things that have held us back and held us down. We let go of our hurts. 
We let go of our unforgiveness. We let go of some habits that need to be removed from our lives. So here's how we're going to close our service today. I had asked last week for us to just come around the altar and pray. We're going to do that again today. And as we do that, I have this picture from last week. I'm not sure how many of you could see that. But I think it was Mark that pushed Bill Lindsay's wheelchair down right over here. And Bill was here with us as we as a family gathered and prayed for his family and the loss that they'd gone through up until that time. The loss of his wife six months ago, the loss of his daughter last week. And so he was right there, right over there last week, praying with the rest of us. And now this week, <laughs> he's, he's at the throne of God because of his faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're going to do this at the end today. We're going to ask you again. You were so wonderful last week to come and pray. And please feel free to pray out loud. You don't have to, I mean, and you say, well, somebody's praying on the other side. It's okay. Don't worry about that. God has the capacity to handle it. I promise you he does. But as, as we pray together, the praise team's going to be up here and, and just in a little bit, they're going to lead us in that same song that we sang just a little bit ago, I Come to the Altar, because that is really what we're doing today. We're coming to the altar. We're realizing how important, how necessary it is for us to be at His altar and to walk out the life that He has for us. He's, he has this incredible plan for every person, every one of us, and His heart is to be able to say to each of us, well done, good and faithful servant. But we get to choose and continue to choose that we're going to stay on that. And what God will do in that process, we just celebrate what He will do and honor Him because He does. So if you would all stand, and then if you would just please make your way down to the front and praise Him if you guys are up here, we're going to take a little time just to, just to be quiet and, and let you pray as God leads you. And then the praise team is going to lead us in this song. And I got another verse for you before we go. And thank you again for being so willing to come and pray like this. This is, this is huge for us as a church family. It really, really is. I, I, just, I know you know how important it is. I just want to reemphasize it is such an amazing blessing to have so many of us who are just so willing to be a part of what God is doing and praying, of course, for this family. This is a lot to encounter, to endure. So just as God leads you, please voice that prayer if you would be so kind. While we're here together today at your altar, not just in the sense of this physical altar here at the front of this building, but Lord, our hearts, our spirits there before your altar. Grateful, Jesus, that you're making intercession for us.
praising you and thanking you that whatever our circumstance may be, our situations, that you're with us, you lift us, you encourage us. And I would, I would just pray, Lord God, that our eyes would be fixed on you, Lord Christ. You're the perfecter of our faith, and that's what you're doing now because there are certainly events in life we do not understand. But you continue to lift our eyes so we can see and, and we can hear and we can know. You get our focus, you get our attention, and we just press into you. We press into you, Lord Christ. Trusting you, Holy Spirit, for guidance and direction and help and healing and hope. And the fact that we have hope, that we're not as those who have not. We have hope in you, in you we have hope. We, we celebrate the fact that we've seen our brother and our sisters who put their faith in you, who have had that eternal hope leave us to be with you. And now the healing process of those who are left behind we're knowing that you're our divine physician. We're knowing that you're the one that's working grace upon grace upon grace. And Lord, as we move forward as individuals, as families, as church family, as we move forward, we do so with just this, thank you, God, for being our God, for being here with us, working in us, in ways that are absolutely supernatural. Bless this family in their loss. Help them, we know, in their healing. And let us, realizing that life can be brief, that we will serve you. Your word says, if you love me, you'll obey me. So, Lord, that's our heart express our love to you through our obedience. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for a people like this who have come together. One heart. One faith. In you, in you, in you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise for all that you are doing and all you will do in our days to come, in our future days as we go forward. It is in Christ's name we pray. Amen.